This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're celebrating a fifth consecutive NCAA Championships bid for the women's cross-country team. Plus, we wrap up a historic year for Bates field hockey and continue our winter sports previews with women's basketball, swimming and diving, and squash. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The number seven nationally ranked Bates field hockey team won the first NCAA tournament game in program history when they defeated Johnson and Wales 7 0 Wednesday night at Campus Avenue Field. The Bobcats advanced to the second round, where on Saturday they lost a 1 0 heartbreaker in overtime to number two nationally ranked Babson. Senior Captain Paige Cody, Senior Captain Sarah Boussel, and Head Coach Danny Kogut reflected on the season at the postgame press conference. I think every single person on the team, along with the coaches, has put so much effort into building our team culture and like putting in work in the off season and waking up every day and working towards this goal that we set. So I'm just really proud of our team for making it this far. Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just super proud. We've all worked so hard to get here and as fifth years who got to come back, we're just really excited that we were able to take the program just one step further and leave it in a great place for the incomings and the years coming forward. Paige or Sarah, again, if you don't mind talking about how Four years ago, I want to say now, COVID hit, you guys lost the season, you guys take a risk, come back for a fifth year, you make them to the tournament, you're, you make history. What's the feeling knowing that you kind of checked that box off? Um, I think, first of all, we're just super grateful and proud to say that we've come from Bates. Uh, yeah, I just think we couldn't have asked for a better fifth year, and I think we're both just so happy that we made that decision mm-hmm. three years ago. Yeah, and our team mentality has always been to just take it one step at a time. And our first goal was to get a home playoff game in our NESCAT conference. And once we hit that check mark, it was moving on to the next. And just to be able to hit so many of those check marks in one season when we were really only focused on one is just such a blessing. And really, it was just an honor to be a part of this program. Coach, um, you know, shut out victory in the first round of the state tournament, hold Babson scoreless through four quarters. You know, after you played them early in the season here with a 3-2 game, just talk about kind of what you guys took away from that first game to bring here to kind of put yourselves in that position that you want to be in. Yeah, sure. So I think um, we knew that we had grown a lot from that game in terms of determining our own playing style, and we felt more confident coming into this game that we knew who we were and we had been been performing at a really high level for quite a few games. Um, Our conference is super competitive and really tough, so we're tested week in and week out, and we were really able to grow under um, a lot of pressure throughout October, and we were really confident with where we were at coming into this game. And I think, you know, all the teams in this tournament are exceptional teams, and so you know that everyone's going to put their best out there on game day, and, um, and I think we did, and I think they did too, which is why I went into overtime, right? You know, I want to say third overtime game in your last five games. Let's talk about getting, I guess, you know, how important it is to like, have that defense to kind of keep you guys in the game at all times, how important your backs are, your, your midfield is, and then us positions about the offense and kind of the whole team effort. Yeah, I think that our team plays a really um, cohesive defensive style, and it takes everyone on the field. But our two low backs and our keeper have had just tremendous seasons, um, keeping us in a lot of games and being really stingy with opportunities that they give our opponents. So, but that really is like a team effort, that defensive end of the game, and 
yeah, we're super we're super proud of what we put on the field today. And then you know, Pedro Serra, it wasn't a home game today, like Wednesday, but the stands were packed with the maroon. You guys travel really well. Your parents are here, friends are here, family's here. What was it like knowing that you kind of had that support of Lewiston behind you guys? Oh uh, yeah, I think we have the best community and the best families, like ever. <laughs> and I think no matter where our games are, we have such a huge fan section. And yeah. I don't know. We just feel so supported constantly, and I think that really helps us perform on the field because we know we have so many people behind us who want us to succeed as well. Yeah, we're super lucky. We also had a big group of alumni here today um, to cheer us on, and getting the messages pre-game and then seeing them post-game is always really sweet to know that um, the Batesville Hockey family extends way beyond your four years at, at the school. Awesome. Well, you mentioned extending beyond four years. You know. If you want to look ahead a little bit, five years from now, how do you think you'll look back and kind of see your Batesville hockey career? What perspective? What will be the most memorable aspect of it? I guess you think the most memorable. That's a hard question. Um, I think just this season will stick out. This team will stick out. I've never had closer friends on a team than I do now, and I think these relationships are really going to go well, well beyond five, ten years in the future. And I think. Having these memories to look back on as a group is really just what's going to make it the most special. Paige, same question. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping to see that this is just the beginning of Bates in the NCAA tournament and getting all those playoff wins. So, yeah, I definitely am excited to see what they do in the future. And, Danny, how do you think these seniors have set this program up for success going forward? I mean, they've done everything, right? Um, they came in as first years and they really challenged us um, to make some shifts off the field, which I think we wholeheartedly like bought into and challenged our coaching staff of putting more time into the culture work because you can get so like bogged down with the X's and O's all the time. Um, and they really re led the way in that. And like, it's so fun to coach our team now because we truly do love each other from coaches down to players. It's such a community. Um, and I would take that over like winning any day because they'll stay in my lives forever, right? And that's what's so special. We have a ton of alums here who have been in the program before, and especially as a mom with young girls, like that's so special to me that I'm going to have these guys forever. The cross country teams compete at the NCAA East Regional Championship on Saturday, with the women's team placing second and the men's team taking third place. On the women's side, the performance was good enough to vault the women to number 22 in the national rankings and to earn them a fifth consecutive bid to the NCAA Championships, being held this Saturday in Newville, Pennsylvania. All seven Bobcats earned all region honors for top 35 finishes, and senior Chrissy Amon led the way, placing 12th out of 230 competitors with a personal best 6K time of 22 minutes, 24.2 seconds. And Chrissy Amon is our female Bobcat of the week. It was just really incredible. I think everyone was pretty nervous going in. We knew we had a good chance at making nationals, but we knew we had to, you know, perform really well to make it. And I think we all, everything kind of just fell into place. When I saw us all at the finish line, like, it was just an insane thing to see how close we all were together. And, like, looking at the results, it was even more insane because it's, like, a nine-second spread from our one to five, which is just obviously insane. So, yeah, it was really exciting just to see everyone actually perform to our best ability. Yeah, I was going to say, the goal is always to run as a pack there, and uh, that pretty much embodied that race, didn't it? Yeah, and I think, like, we had done a really good job of that throughout the season, but I think this race in particular, like, we all 
knew like who we had to beat so we were doing a really good job of moving up using each other to like get around people and like to keep us going on as the race went on i know it's been like you know a roller coaster kind of emotional few weeks right i mean how are you personally able to kind of you know bounce back and get such a great finish for yourself this past weekend as well yeah i think honestly spending a lot of time with my teammates and just like being together with everyone was really helpful i think we really like relied on each other in the last few weeks to kind of um you know bond together and you know obviously we faced a lot of um problems throughout the season but i think we were really able to like come together and overcome that and there's a strong senior class i feel like what's it like you know fishing so strong with your teammates and uh, your your classmates i should say now heading into nationals like this yeah it's really amazing and i think it's really great to see these people that i've you know been training with for so long i think everyone's really um, showing all the hard work they've put throughout the years. So it's really good to see that paying off for everyone. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but will this be your first NCAAs in cross country? Yes. Okay, <laughs> excellent. So what are you most looking forward to this Saturday? <laughs> I'm really excited to just see how we can do as a team on like a you know national level. I think we've really proven this past weekend that, you know, we have a lot in us, so I think it'll be really great to see, you know, with really good competition, what we're all capable of. And on Saturday, you ran, you, you were 12th, and a first year, uh, Leah White, I believe, right, was, was 13th, right next to you, basically. Mm-hmm. What's it like to see, you know, a, a young runner like her have so much success also? Oh, it is so exciting. I knew she had a lot in her based off of her races throughout the season, um, so I did like, kind of see it coming, but it is amazing and I think it really um, speaks to the future of the program that we have first years that are doing so well. So on Sunday were you um, refreshing NCAA.com like constantly or how'd that go kind of? Yeah we were all sitting in commons like refreshing it was I got absolutely no work done all of Sunday (laughs) because you know like it felt like I couldn't think about anything else and then after it's like you know you're so relieved that you don't want to you know (laughs) do anything besides just kind of feel relieved about the fact that you get to you know be with your teammates for another week excellent so this course you have coming up it's at a high school I understand it's like kind of a combination of hills and flat land I mean have you taken a look at what this course is going to be like I haven't actually. Isabel May sent me a video of the course, which I've been meaning to watch, but um, unfortunately, I've been a little busy writing my thesis. So <laughs> I um, will definitely be taking a look at that, though. I'm not a great hill runner. So, you know, that's obviously a bit of a concern, but I, I'm, I think, you know, We've been doing some hill work, so hopefully I'm well prepared. And the course this past weekend was fairly flat, is that right? Yeah, it was pretty flat, and it was loops. So, like, the one hill that we went up, we went up three times. And then the finish was uh, really, unfortunately, an uphill finish. But, yeah, it was really nice and flat, which was good for me, so... Excellent. And then, I mean, guess, you know, thoughts you want to share on this season and how it's all come together for the team um, through, through the ups and downs, uh, whether it be hills or, or just <laughs> in general, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just want to say, like, on both the men and women's side, I think we all... 
collectively had a great day. Like across the board, I saw people working together. I saw people, you know, buckling down and having really good races. So it was really exciting to see everyone performing so well. And five straight years now for the women heading to nationals. What does that mean to you, you know, in terms of from a program perspective to have that much success consistently? I think it just is really amazing that we have been able to, you know, in a competitive region, make it every year. And I think that um, it really speaks to how well we work as a team that we're able to have this continued success. So I think it's really exciting for us. Excellent. Looking forward to NCAA championships this Saturday in Pennsylvania. Women's team going once again. Chrissy Ammon, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. On the men's side, the Bobcats did not get an at-large bid to the NCAA championships as a team. However, senior captain Ned Farrington took fourth place out of 229 runners with a career-best 8K time of 24 minutes, 40.7 seconds. Farrington's performance earned him an invitation to compete as an individual at this Saturday's championship meet. He is the first Bates men's cross-country runner to head to NCAAs as an individual since Alan Summerall in 2015. And Ned Farrington is our male Bobcat of the Week. Well, Ned, it has to be kind of a bittersweet feeling, right? You get to compete at NCAAs as an individual. The team did not get an at-large bid, although I thought the team ran pretty well at regionals. Take us through the regional meet from your perspective. Yeah, um, it's definitely bittersweet. That's the best way I could sum it up. I personally think we were a good enough team to go to nationals. Unfortunately, with the way they select teams, you have to do a lot earlier in the season. Um, And unfortunately, we just kind of got going late. I think our team had an absolutely unbelievable race at regionals. I think we had our entire top five in the top 30, which in most years is easily going to get you to nationals. But just with how strong some of the teams were in the other regions, I I think it, um, yeah, it was just unfortunate that we weren't able to get in. But um, I'm obviously super excited to be going to NCAAs and like putting it all out there for the team representing Bates. Um, Yeah, the race overall, you know, it was a, Nice cold day. I think generally we do pretty well in that, um, being a little farther north than most of the Massachusetts teams. And course was pretty quick, um, which, you know, I think doesn't really favor anyone, but I think we were excited to get out there and run fast. And um, Coach Feldman had us take on a pretty aggressive racing strategy compared to what we usually do. Um, He had our entire top five sitting in the top 20 through the mile mark. So, um yeah, that's what we, we went out there to do. And I think most people held on to their positions and it put me in a great spot to finish in the top five. And um, it was just really uh, nice to end the season with a good race like that, but also um, bittersweet given that, you know, um, we didn't do enough earlier in the season to get us to the meet. Yeah. How does that kind of work? Because I feel like a lot rides on that regional meet. And you got third as a team, which is really good. I know last year you got second. I know Tufts had a big year this year. But, like, are they also looking then, it sounds like, at earlier meets that you ran in? Yeah. So the way it works is there's 10 regions. Yeah. There's one auto qualifier from every region. Um, So, yeah, the first place team gets to go. Um, And then the other 22 bids are all at large, which means they're just comparing – teams across regions um so like for example there's a region that just has uh, like new jersey and pennsylvania teams in it and only one team will come out of that region because they don't think the second place team in that region is good enough Mm. but basically yeah what it comes down to is meets like the connecticut college meet that we did in mid-october we have to perform against other teams that they're going to select for the national championship and 
Um, you know, it, it ended up being really close. I think we were 30 points behind Loras, the school from Iowa, mm. um, who ran at the Connecticut College meet, and they got selected. So, you know, had we beat them, right, we, we'd get in and, you know, 30 points in a meet as big as Connecticut College is really not a lot. So <laughs> it was definitely a nail biter. But yeah. Gotcha. Now, for you individually, you got fourth overall at this race, and the only I think the only runners you trailed were three guys from MIT, right? And you not by too much. I mean, you were close to winning this thing. What was it like there near the finish? Yeah, it was it was definitely a little bit tactical at the front, meaning like nobody was just um, kind of going for it from the beginning. So I was actually leading a good portion mm. of the race um, because I figured. I just really didn't want to trip on anyone. Um, it got really, really congested, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my space and just run with a good rhythm and um, stay calm. And, yeah, we got to the last lap, and I was still with the um, MIT guys, which I was obviously <laughs> pretty pumped up about. Um, it kind of felt like a track race in the last lap where um, it seemed like it sort of favored the guys who are better at, like, the mile and 3K than it did the guys who are better at the 10K. But mm. Yeah, I was chasing them down, um, and I, I had a Tufts guy on me, and I knew they were a team we were going to be competitive with, so I was trying to hold him off as best I could. And that last lap was probably the fastest I have ever closed a cross-country race. So I was I was excited about how that panned out, yeah. And so now you head to NCAAs um, this Saturday competing as an individual. Last year, obviously, the, the team competed and, and the year before uh, that as well. But, um, you know, for you, how, how does this change things? I mean, is it going to be weird? Yeah, it definitely changes your race strategy a lot. Yeah. Um, when you're racing for the team, you don't want to risk having a really bad race, so you race a little bit more conservatively. Since there is no team implication, we can kind of take a strategy that's um, go for All-American or or not. Um, and All-American is top 40 in the mm. country, top 40 finishers. So, you know, I, I know I'm on the bubble for that, and I'll go for it because – and maybe I wouldn't be going for it if we went as a team because if I got 60th, that would be good for the team. Right. But now I can risk getting, you know, 200th if I am <laughs> going for right. top 40. Yeah. You can afford to be, obviously, for lack of a better word, selfish, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you kind of go all out from the beginning almost. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the plan, I think. So. What did you place last year? I got 84th last year. Okay. Yes. So what's it going to take to get in that top 40? I mean, that's, that'd be a pretty big jump, but... Yeah, so the way the national meet works is there is just so many guys between like 20th between a 20th place and 100th place. It's really only like 30 seconds. Yeah. I think last year I was 22 seconds off All-American and Ryan Smith who got 59th um he was only like 12 seconds off. Mm. Um so it's actually it's a huge jump in place but not a huge jump in time. Um so it's kind of one of those things where Anything can sort of happen on the day. If you happen to have a good day that day and some other guys don't, you know, you get 39th in the country, you have an All-American trophy. And, um, yeah, so that's what we're looking at. So the course you're looking at this Saturday is at a high school, and it's a mix of hills and flat sections, right? So break it down for us. <laughs> yeah, so what it looks like is I, I think it's pretty flat um, for the first mile and a half, and then it gets really, really hilly. Um, and then for the last about mile and a half, I think it's flat again. Um, so we'll, we'll have to break that down for race strategy. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but, um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think hilly courses necessarily disadvantage me or favor me at all. I think um, it's just going to be about who's tougher. Those hilly courses definitely hurt a lot more than the flat ones. Uh, your heart rate's just going up and down the whole time. You can't just redline. So it'll be interesting. I think hopefully the crowd is good enough that it won't feel underwhelming being at a high school. But um, I think it <laughs> it looks like a good course overall, even though the venue is a little bit. A little bit underwhelming overall, yeah. Right, it's kind of weird, like you're going to a high school to compete at a national level in college, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit strange, yep. Will you be training at Pineland Farms at all this week to prepare? No, no. no. Um, we'll we'll stick to the roads. The, yeah. the last week of training before the uh, championship races, it's like you've done all the work. Yeah. People always say the hay is in the barn. That's right, the right. classic phrase, and it's there's not much we can do now. It's just about maintaining fitness, making your legs feel fresh. Our Wednesday workout will literally be like just a couple of hundred meter strides whereas the rest of the season we were doing five by mile six mile tempos whatever um but now it's just you know what stay fit make your legs feel as good as possible and get your attitude and your mindset in the right place yeah great well any other thoughts you wanted to share on the you know the season the team hacks i feel like you know you know obviously you guys went through a lot the schedule you know was in flux for a little bit, but uh, what were your, as a captain, what were your final maybe observations on how the season went? Yeah, I'm overall just, I said to the guys after that meet, I'm just really proud of them for um, pulling together such a phenomenal result at regionals. And it's kind of, I just think it's overall unfair that they didn't have more to show for it. Mm. Um, because I, I do think that on that day, we were a top 32 team in the country, but that's just not how the selection works. Um, I'm not at all worried about them next year. I think, especially with how good the freshman class was and now seeing Andrew Motter and Ben Huston step up so big at mm. the regional meet, I think they, you know, I don't want to eat my words here, but I think they will not have any problems qualifying for the national championship. Well, yeah, because Ben, your fellow captain, had a big meet, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. So he... he um, tore his meniscus in the summer so mm. he kind of got a late start on the training and I think it was one of those things where he just kind of improved every meet and that's kind of part of you know what I was saying about us not performing earlier in the season there was things we couldn't control like that and it came together at regionals but it still just you know wasn't enough unfortunately yeah well Ned good luck here at NCAAs coming up this Saturday the link to the video will be on our website we'll have the results up as soon as they're complete thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast and congrats again on the qualifiers individual there for Nationals yeah thank you so much the football team fell behind Hamilton 21-0 on Saturday before scoring a touchdown with less than a minute remaining in the first half to trim the deficit to 21-7 at halftime however the score stayed that way as both teams defenses turned in outstanding performances down the stretch Bates will look to get in the win column on Saturday at 1 p.m. when the Bobcats host Williams in the season finale for both teams head coach Coach Matt Coyne reflects on the Hamilton game and looks forward to Williams. Early deficit, touchdown before halftime. How are you guys feeling at halftime, scoring right before the half? Do you feel like, you know, there was some momentum there? And then second half, it just seems like you had some chances, but you just couldn't quite finish drives. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit on the head. Um, you know, the score before half was, was big. And then in, at halftime, we just talked about um, how we were going to take the wind in the third quarter and force them to go into the wind and, and stop, score, stop, score was the, the plan. Um, and, you know, our guys, we made some adjustments that, that worked out really well on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we held them scoreless throughout the whole second half. Um, you know, in that third quarter, too, we did exactly what we wanted from that perspective. It's just we couldn't finish the drives offensively. We got down twice 
you know, inside the 20 and we were going for it. Um, obviously with the wind, we already missed one field goal and it was just, we felt that we had to get points, um, touchdowns on those drives and, and we drove down there and unfortunately we just couldn't make the plays on fourth down as we got close to the end zone. You mentioned the defense. Um, the rookie, who I know we talked about a little bit before the year, but uh, Josh Azirola there had a big game, didn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, he's done well. Uh, I mean, he, we, we went to a four-down front. He was playing D-end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he had a great week of practice, and, and he did some really good things. He obviously made some, some mistakes still, just as um, majority of our guys still made a few mistakes. But he, uh, you know, when he was on the line, he's just a different, you know, physical uh, person up there and was able to make some moves and have a couple tackles for loss. And then what was senior day like beforehand, you know, honoring the seniors or anything? Yeah, I mean, it's always great to, you know, they've left the foundation. I know it doesn't feel it with the record right now, but what they've done for this program um, shouldn't go un, uh, unacknowledged. Um, they, they've worked really hard and they've set a foundation, and we still have one more week with them, and, and that's the thing. We, we have a chance to win at home this week, um, and that's what we're focused on right now. And uh, talking with the guys on Sundays, like, guys, we have a week left, and we have Williams coming up here. Um, we are where we are, and we have to we have to find a way to win a game. You know, and right now, that's that's our only focus. I saw Adam Steinberg got the start at running back. What did you see from him? He did some good things. Uh, you know, I think he did. He had some good runs in the beginning of the game. Um, you know, obviously that first drive was was a great first drive, and, and, it, and unfortunate that we go on almost an eight minute drive and then come away with no points. Um, but he was a big factor on it. You know, he ran the ball really well. You know, obviously picked up for where you know we had some injuries there at that position, and did some really good job all week in practice. And and uh, you know Adam's done great all year. Any other thoughts on you know the Hamilton game and what you're hoping to see from the team moving here to the Williams game? Obviously, it seems like there are some injuries you guys are dealing with. Yeah, we're getting yeah we're dealing with we're dealing with some injuries there. Um, but so is everybody else. So it's not it's not an excuse. It's it's more just having our guys like you know play with some self confidence. You know, as we work through this, I think you know. We know what Williams is going to do. They're going to come up there. They're they're a physical team. They're going to run the ball. Um, they're going to run their quarterback, and they're going to use play action. Um, and we're devising a plan right now to, to try to stop all those things. And it's just um, realizing that you know we owe it to our guys that have four practices left uh, to go out there and give everything we have to try to get a win. The women's basketball team tips off the season Tuesday night when they host the University of Maine Farmington at seven o'clock. Head coach Allison Montgomery previews the season. Well, Coach, the home opener here Tuesday against UMF. What's the main thing you're looking to see from your team in this home opener to try to get into the season and start strong? Yeah, we are so excited for this first game, not because we always are to start the season, but also because I just think we have, we're looking to form a new identity this year. Um, and I'm just excited for our team to step out and make a statement about um, just who we want to be and how capable we can be this year. So, I mean, I think... There's always, that's a tall task, I think, on the first game of the season. You know, there's a lot that needs to shake out, and I think a lot of our identity needs to develop. Um, But I'm really excited for them um, to take the floor tomorrow and to sort of really show who we can be this year and what our identity is going to be. With the graduation of Megan Graff, who was one of the best players in program history, the offense is going to change a little bit. Tell us about the emotion offense you're implementing. Yeah, I think we're making this shift, you know, having a, a player as central to our offense as Meg and as talented as Meg and as able to score as Meg. Um, a lot of what we did really centered around getting her the ball and putting her in positions to score. This year, I feel like we are we're hopefully going to be more dynamic in terms of just options to score. I think we have a lot of women on our team who can score it. Um, and so we're going to run out, run a four out. Uh, motion offense with some some Princeton principles, but just really looking to push transition and really looking to create an offense where, you know, it's it's a much more equal opportunity offense where um, a lot of people have the opportunity to make plays and to score. 
And then your captains are Davina Kabantu and Morgan Kennedy. Tell us about them. Yeah, they have been just so steady for us um, since day one. I think as we think about captains when they come into the later part of their career, like for me as a coach, that that it's also really important just how they started their career here, right? So like I like women in that role to be ones who have really demonstrated our values and um, you know, from the time they've been here and both those women have done that, just stay really com- staying really committed, you know, through their own challenges, um, through whatever they were going through in terms of playing time or roles. Um, and both of those women have really done that and I think really understand what our culture is about and um, are both really, really competitive. So they've done a great job so far leading us this season. And then in, when it comes to the low post, you know, Elsa Delario as a first year last year, played a lot um, and maybe more than you were hoping just because, you know, Bree's injury and everything now, but she improved so much over the season. What are you seeing from her? What's the next step in her development? So for Elsa, yeah, you're right. She had a lot of those opportunities her freshman year to sort of learn and grow on the run um, in terms of playing through a lot of that growth. And I think she's one of those players um, when she came in as a freshman, I felt so strongly her best basketball was ahead of her in terms of her um, her ability to develop. And she did that exponentially in one year, I think, over the course of the season last year. And then when I think about, um, you know, how she's been performing in this preseason, I think she's she's grown and developed a ton. So just getting her to um, step into that role even more clearly as a leader, as someone who demands the ball, as someone that we can really rely on um, when we need a bucket, um, you know, to sort of take control on the court. And she's shown great things in the preseason. And I think she has a great cast around her in terms of um, her working in the paint, but having perimeter players that can um, – you know, knock down shots and make plays when she's being doubled um, or when, you know, the defense is really keying in on her. So um, we're just looking for her to continue to develop. Um, and like I said, so far, it's been at a pretty exponential pace. So we're excited. And then another key returnee is Alexandra Long, a Rose, who you know, last year we talked a lot um, about, you know, her working on her offense and her shooting. And it seems like it, she developed a lot and really became almost a focal point of the offense late in the year. So what are you seeing from her? Yeah, I know. I think about the moment in our last game of the season where, you know, as coaches, I think we always try to remind A-Rose, like, you have the ability to drive past your defender and score it nearly at will, um, at least if not to score it, to create a defensive rotation that creates something for your team. And I think, you know, towards the end of the season, she kind of had a moment she was like, oh, yeah, I, I can see that. So, you know, I, I think so much of our work with these women, of course, it's developing their skill and developing the way they think about basketball. Um, but I think the, the really the biggest part is their confidence and their mentality and how they see themselves um, on the basketball court. So I think, you know, A-Rose is someone who has um, really grown a lot in terms of her confidence. And she she's another person who's looked great um, in this preseason. And I think she's ready to, to take on a lot of that a lot of that load in terms of our offensive uh, in terms of her offensive responsibility so and I imagine we'll see some of the first years early on in their careers uh, yeah. this year tell us about this first year class yeah I want to do I'm going to go off that question just a minute before I talk about the freshmen because uh, I do want to mention Allison Kennedy as our yes. other senior she's yep. kind of you know I talked about our captains but she has stepped up to a leadership role um, as much as our our other two seniors have so she's been super impressive this preseason and um, she's going to be huge to that like I said she started off with such a strong career and she kind of battled some injuries so we really want to keep her healthy um, but she has had a great preseason so she's going to be a key part on both ends for us um, and our freshmen yeah they have added so so much um, so we have two we have four freshmen two are kind of 
coming back from injury um, and they're on a little bit of a different timeline, but they're going to sort of be easing into, I think, you know, our, our look on the court. Um, but we're really excited for all four and Sarah Hughes and Maya Hicks have both um, have both. Those are our two healthy ones currently, but they have done great things in the preseason, both really, really smart, high IQ players um, who've picked up on everything that we're doing really quickly. So we're excited and really looking for them to, to contribute to what we're doing right away. And Sophie Spolter, another returnee, um, she played a lot last year, the first year. What's yeah. her next step in her development? Yeah, I think, you know, again, some for some of our returners, like um, Sophie being one for sure, like adjusting to a different sort of style of play, right. I think will be a big thing. And I think she sort of had seen her role as being a backup point guard um, last year to Meg. And, you know, we're really, she's going to be in a different role this year where we have a lot of guards sharing that responsibility. Um, so I think she's done a great job with that. And I think she's a super dynamic scorer as well. Um, so I think she's going to, I think she's going to step right into that as well. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to mention about the team this year we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we just didn't mention Ava and Danny as our other sophomores who also have developed a ton and I think are also going to be really key players for us. We don't have a lot of depth at the post. Um, and so Elsa and Danny have just been battling all preseason and I think it's made them both a lot better. So really looking for Danny to step in there and and um, same with Ava, like she had some great moments last year, yeah. like really promising moments. And I think what we're doing offensively really speaks to her strengths. Um, so just excited for all those pieces to kind of come together. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Swimming and diving also begins their season this week when the Bobcats host Wesleyan Saturday at 11 a.m. for a dual meet at Tarbell Pool. Head coach Peter Casares is excited to welcome back a Bates legend and to see his team compete for the first time this year. You got a home meet right away to start the year this Saturday against Wesleyan, and it's not just any home meet because your longtime associate head coach, Vanessa Williamson, is now the head coach at Wesleyan. So what's this going to be like? I mean, what are your thoughts on this Saturday meet coming up here? I feel like it's karma. Like, it's just a it's a great situation. She had an amazing opportunity open up down there at Wesleyan. Uh, tremendous school, tremendous facility, great program with a strong history. Um, and she's going down there to, to build it up and, and make it better and put her touch on it. And her first meet at Tarbell and at her home pool, her alma mater against her former team. It's just like the stars aligned. So we are so excited to have Vanessa back. I'm sure our team's going to be um, in great shape and great energy and, and um, just bring it. And um, we're just kind of honored to have her kick off her collegiate career here against us and have it uh, be so special. Great. And tell us about your team captains, both on women's and men's side. Um, on our men's side, we have Dylan Nordstrom and uh, Mark Gregory. Um, on the women's side, we have Julia Johnson and Grace Wanger. Um, just great leaders. They've um, been tremendous cheerleaders. They've been um, tremendous teammates. They've been tremendous recruiters. They've scored us points. They've um, competed at the highest level um, in high school and college. Um Three out of the four have made nationals. Like it is just, it's a good group, um, and they all bring something really special to the table. So um, I'm excited. Interestingly enough, last year all of our captains were from the sprint-based side of the program. This year they're all from the endurance-based side. So um, there's lots of opportunity for leadership on um, the pool in the pool right now on both sides, and they're doing a great job um, leading and also giving others um, a chance to lead and to make the team better. 
So it's been fun working with them. I love the attitude on our pool right now, and it's usually a direct relationship, um, directly correlated to how our captains are feeling about things. And they're loving it. They're laughing. Um, they're working hard, uh, and they're looking good in the water. Well, you put the team through a pretty hard workout today, it seems like, right? They're really going at it hard out there. What's today's goal? Yeah, we we just spent the last three weeks really trying to work on our aerobic base and, and lay some foundation to build upon um, so that they can do the work, they can handle the work, they can do it well, um, and they have the capacity to, to handle really fast swimming. So today was one of our days where we switched over to the next three-week you know, phase of the season, and that's a little bit more power and speed introduced into practice. So now I know they're in better shape. I know they can handle repeats done really fast and not necessarily fall apart on them and get sloppy. So we saw some good racing in there today um, and really good effort. And so, you know, we got to meet Saturday, and we haven't even thought about racing yet. We've just been training. So mm-hmm. it's it's an important week for us to make that transition and then finish off on Saturday with that, um, you know, chance to chance to race against a great team. So let's look at both teams. The men's team obviously graduated one of the greatest swimmers in program history, Nathan Berry. And so, you know, who do you, I mean, it's hard to replace someone like that. But I mean, obviously Max Corey had a great rookie year last year. Who are some, you know, swimmers who are looking to step up on the men's side this season? Um, well, in order to replace, you know, Nate Berry, we have to probably combine four different individuals um, and, and look at them and their points that they're going to score. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we knew after graduating the whole entire class from last year um, you know, Ed and, and Nate and mm-hmm. Nate Summer and John Marcolina. And it, I mean, the list just goes on and on. It was a really solid, big group of seniors. We just knew we had to bring in a big freshman class. So we have some um, good size in our freshman class right now to help cover some of the points that have graduated from the team last year. Um, Max Corey has been looking great in practice. Um, Mark Gregory's turning a good corner. He's, you know, uh, obviously one of our go-to guys. But we're just seeing things from the next tier um, down to just really good performances day in, day out. And I think there's a lot of guys on the team now that are looking around and going, hey, I've got a real opportunity now. That big senior class had a lot of talent, but they also just, they had a big identity, if I'm going to put it right. And, And I think the team knew that they were going to be the leaders. And now that they're gone, there's opportunities. And... Um, I think a lot of our sophomores and juniors and, and even our freshmen are going, I'm going to have a shot at that relay. I'm going to score some points. I'm going to be on that NESCAC team. And we've had a couple of uh, injuries early on and some kids abroad. So there's 23 guys on the team right now, and all of them are going to be really important this weekend and mm-hmm. then at Maine State. So everyone's going to have to step up, and we're going to have to be the team of the many, not the few. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because come NESCAC time, you can send 24 to that meet, right? Yeah, we're allowed to bring 24 to NESCAC. So, you know, the goal every year is to have about 28 to 30 on the team, and we're sitting at, you know, 23 healthy bodies on both teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple abroad, and we have a couple that have to get healthy again. But, um, you know, depth's not our strong suit right now, and we're not really that good. We're, we're still just early in the season. They got a lot of work to do if we're going to get to where we need to be by February. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll take it one day at a time and get there. But um, I think this weekend we're going to realize we're going to have to really, really have to do something special in the next five, six weeks if we're going to be great at the end of the year. I know on the women's side, you know, you mentioned Grace Wenger, one of the captains. She, of course, um, does a little bit of everything for you, doesn't she? Yeah, Grace is um, extremely hardworking and talented. Um, and 
I think you know you can put her in a 50, you can put her in a 500. Um, she can also swim some butterfly for us. And you know, last year we won the Middlebury meet with her doing the 400 IM. You know, on the last event of the day, coming out with a victory there for us. So um, we've been super lucky and blessed to have someone of that talent and attitude um, and leadership ability as Grace. So we're excited to see what she does with her senior year. Um, I think she's keeping it real simple and is just looking to improve and get better um, instead of um, trying to, you know, do too much. And I think she's got the right goals right now um, through our conversations and what she and I have written back and forth to each other. So I'm very excited about that. You mentioned an opportunity for some of the younger swimmers to step up. Who are some names who we might not be as familiar with who might have a breakthrough year in your opinion? Ooh, it's early for me to, <laughs> early. to do that and to call me out like that yeah. in front of in front of everybody. But breakthrough years, um, a, a couple of our sophomore women I'm really excited about. Liana Roseman was amazing last year on our relays at the end of the year and in some of the sprint freestyle events. And she's got a little bit of a shoulder injury right now, but I'm really looking forward to her um, and seeing what she can do in the 1500 and 200 free. Um, and so she's a little bit of a dark horse for us. The other sophomore that I'm um, pumped about is Emma Burke. Mm -hmm. She had mono last year. She had bronchitis last year. Um, she fought really hard, and she has just been healthy and kind of bubbly and excited this entire three weeks, four weeks of the season. Um, and she's done some really cool things. She actually helped us put together a um, Swim for the Cure um, breast cancer awareness swim on our first day of the season. So she's taken on some leadership roles and done some great things and she looks great in the water too. Um, on the men's side, I think um, we had a great group of freshmen that are now sophomores. Um, and I think they got a lot of experience last year and they understand whether it was at NESCAX or nationals, what it's gonna take. So that group I think is, is really fun to watch. Um, and I won't single anybody out in that group, mm -hmm. um, but I, I do um, want to give Jack Mokarski a shout out. Mm -hmm. He's our one-time miler, now 400 IMer, and so he's transitioned to like a breaststroke IMer, and he is doing really well. Um, and his new training kind of regimen is showing up um, with some great swims. Um, and then we have a freshman boy on the team, John Weigel, who's um, has some tremendous high school time. So I'm excited to see if they translate into college if he can handle that next big step um, along with some teammates of his. Um, Liam, Liam looks really good, Friedlander and um, Tim Johnson, whose brother Jack Johnson and sister yeah. Hannah Johnson went here. I mean, we just, a lot of, a lot of really good looking swimmers on, on, uh, on the team right now that I'm excited about. Have you generally found high school times to be pretty reliable when they carry over to college or not? They can be. Yeah. And, and other times, you know, when you're a star high school swimmer, the whole program can revolve around you. Yeah. And when you come to college, you're just one of many um, of, that were the star high school swimmers. So um, you have to adapt to a different type of training and um, a higher intensity day in and day out. And some of those really fast swims we saw from high schoolers um, tend to, we have to, they have to be patient with them because the intensity of the work day in and day out um, can leave them a little bit more fatigued than they were. Um, and they also really understood their high school program senior year. Yeah. Like they knew what to expect. The coach and them had been working for four years. Like they had it ironed out to a T and they're coming in here and they don't know our program. They don't know our swimmers. They don't know me. And that adjustment phase just takes some time. And we've seen some freshmen just take off and others go, 
what the heck is going on right now and try to figure it out. I mean, Nate Barry, he'll admit his freshman year was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> he was all over the place because it was so different from what he had done in high school. Um, and then he figured it out. And then there's other guys, you know, that have come in here and just blossomed um, and other women that have done it. So um, sometimes it clicks really well and sometimes it, it's a little bit of a learning curve. But year in and year out here in base swimming and diving, we've been really great at NESCACs. And so when we rest at the end of the year, um, people do well. Well, you mentioned the diving part. Who are some of the divers this year? So on the men's side, we have uh, Connor Salzback. Um, and he was new to the sport two years ago, and he's got a he's got a senior year with a with a with goals that are really impressive, and and he's very determined, and he's been a great leader over there on the diving boards. One of our swimmers, Sam Simmons, decided that she could also you know help out the team on the diving board, so she's swimming and diving this year, doing both, which is great. And then um, we have a sophomore that just walked onto the team. His name is um, Volva. And he's learning and getting better right now. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have six dies on both boards and can score some points for us. Any other thoughts you wanted to share on the upcoming season, which begins this Saturday against Wesleyan? Yeah, since day one of the season, the energy has been great on the team. The culture seems in a really great spot and the enthusiasm is there. Um, high fives, great, um, great work ethic. What I think we have to realize is that we're a little bit smaller than usual and people are going to have to step up. And we're going to have to get really gritty. And like, if we don't work it really hard and do every little thing right, um, it could be a tough year. But if we do really commit to the details and doing things right, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be super happy and we've got the right group to make that happen. So it's up to them at this point. I'm going to keep pounding them hard and we'll see where we get. All right, Coach. Thanks so much. You bet. Have a great one. The squash teams are not at home this week, but they do get their seasons underway in Philadelphia on Saturday and Sunday with matches against Franklin and Marshall, Georgetown, and the Naval Academy. Head coach Rye Hergeth gives us a first look at the Bates women's and men's squash teams. Well, Rye, the squash season gets underway this weekend. You are in Philadelphia taking on Franklin and Marshall, Georgetown and Navy, I believe, this weekend. So uh, a, f a number of exciting matches. But um, just tell me a little bit about, you know, the fall, the challenge matches. Are those fun for you as a head coach? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it kind of nerve-wracking to head coach? How, how do you kind of make your decisions in terms of the lineup, uh, you know, during these fall practices? Yeah, I mean, obviously this is, you know, probably the most exciting hiding part of my whole year mm. um it's a long wait from you know the end of last yeah. season and the beginning of this year it, it's a long period so us f finally being here and um having my matches coming up is um is uh, yeah like super super exciting the challenge matches yeah it's a weird concept because you're not playing players from other colleges. You're actually playing like your friends. Yeah. But they're so important because if if you can find a way to be hungry enough and really like put it all out there against a friend, then playing against someone who you don't know becomes much easier. But for me personally, I absolutely love it. Because it's the one part of the year where I literally just basically watch yeah. and observe and and um, there's absolutely no pressure on me or, you know, like specific expectations from players or anything. 
So that's one part of the year where where I can watch them without any worries or anything like that and just really like see what everybody has, what everybody needs to uh, improve on, um, how everybody plays, how everybody's improved from last year. So yeah, it was an exciting past week and, and uh, we are nearly ready for Navy, uh, Franklin Marshall and Georgetown. But by Saturday, hopefully, we will be ready. Yeah. Young teams from both the on both the men's and women's side, but you have you have some experienced leaders. Men's captain is Alex Spiro, who just had a great year last year. I thought he really came on strong, especially at the end. What have you seen from him? What makes him such a strong leader as well? Yeah, he's a, a special player and a and a special person. He had a, a phenomenal season last year. Um, I don't think I expected that, and I don't think he expected that either. But it really showed where he is in the whole realm of college squash, and how far he can actually, you know, improve and and how far he can reach up the college ladder. Um, so yeah, hopefully he can he can improve on on uh, his results last season. But yeah, there's no pressure on him or pressure on anybody really and then on the women's side andy martagon has been a, a your number one player for quite a few years now um she came in during the pandemic as a first year didn't get a season but then right away as a sophomore was a top player in the lineup and continues to be so now as a senior what have you seen from her yeah she's just like the perfect player in the sense that she works extremely hard yes there are parts of her game that can improve but as a leader, as a senior, I cannot ask for anything more. She leads by example. She's always very organized. And like you said, she's had a phenomenal career at Bates. She's been first team all NESCAC uh, the past few years and on the, the all NESCAC sportsmanship teams, a second year running, yeah. um, which... You know, I think that explains exactly what kind of player she is and what kind of person she is, yeah. And the women's team has a number of first years who are going to be, you know, in a, a good spot in the lineup uh, right away as rookies. Um, from, uh, different countries, this is a long way to theme at the Bates Squash Program, very international uh, flavor here at, at Bates. But uh, tell me about this young class that's coming in, probably make an impact right away, huh? Yeah, 100%. We got uh, six new uh, players on the women's team, three of which are not from the U.S., mm-hmm. Um, and they are all going to be playing in the top five of the ladder, which is going to be an experience for them. But I am very eager and very excited to see what they can bring when it's actually time for match days. Yeah. And then for the squash team, um, like a couple other winter sports we have here, you have a few matches here before the winter break, and then most of your schedule is January and February. So uh, is that... that I think I think we said off air. You're you're happy that most of the schedule is in January, right? You're, you're you got a few students abroad, but the Calvary is going to be coming come January, right? That is 100 <laughs> percent correct. Yeah, um, do we have a few players abroad on the men's and on the women's team, mm-hmm. which will have a really big impact um, once all four of them are back. And the month of January and February 
the schedule is absolutely brutal. <laughs> we play, you know, I think in the month of January, we play on average every three days, which is, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's extremely hard. So um, having players back is going to be very important. We have no real pressure on us. Yeah, like it, it's basically like a rebuilding season for the men and the women. Um, not in the same, you know, specific ways, but I'm just looking forward to um, what both men and women can produce. Yeah, like I said, we are approaching the whole season with no pressure or anything like that. So, yeah, which is a great place to actually be. I love being the underdog. Which is funny because you went to Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, like having said that, I would much prefer being the underdog mm. than being seated one and having the ex- expectations yeah. that you have to win. Right. Uh, which obviously puts a lot more pressure on the players. So, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I cannot wait for the season to begin and see the hard work pay off. Now, one exciting bit of news in the larger world of squash is that it's going to be an Olympic sport, I think for the first time ever, coming up, right? right. Um, and so, well, what was your reaction when you heard the news? Was it a surprise or were you kind of anticipating this happening? This has been um, a uh, project or at least a campaign yeah. for, geez, for for a very long time. Um, I can remember the Olympic campaign um, began when I was young um, so it's we've been trying to get it in, in the Olympics for the past I don't know how many years it's been it's been 20 years uh, plus so when the news broke out that that squash is on the list of sports I was pessimistic I'm not gonna lie because we've been on the border uh, a few times and then uh, received the bad news that it's not going to be included. So I honestly did not believe it. And um, there were a few people um, that heard about squash officially being in the Olympics before it was actually announced. Mm. And honestly, I still did not (laughs) believe it no it, it, it was it, it's been such a, a far-fetched dream mm. that I, I always thought that yeah we might be an olympic sport but i did not think it would be this soon so yeah no it's absolutely phenomenal news for the sport i think it's gonna explode in many parts of the world and what's most exciting about it is that we actually have a few players on the men's and the women's team that could be playing in the Olympics mm-hmm. in four years. Yeah. And they're all very capable of it. And uh, yeah, so that part f- for me is, um, is something very special and very exciting for Bates College. Now, what about you? You're young. You're going to try to represent South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not so young anymore, that's for sure. Um, my party um, is probably about 60 years old with a former ruptured Achilles. Mm. 
a knee injury, knee surgery, ankle injuries, all sorts. So as much as I would love to make a big comeback, it's a mountain that, um, which I don't know if I am ready f- f- for it since mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a f- few years behind that. However, I think that um, I would love to represent you know, my home country or basically any other country at the Olympics as the national coach, mm. uh, whether it's in four years or in, in the following Olympics. Sure. Um, I think that would be something that uh, that would be insanely special personally, yeah. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about either of the Bates uh, squash teams um, we haven't got to talk about yet, perhaps? Basically, like I said, is that um, we are in a bit of a rebuilding f- phase but that's also you know something that that um that i think is going to help the players as well since there's no pressure or anything like that so we just want to want to focus on on the process and make sure that we can improve every day um and then see what's possible and the past few seasons um the men and the women have kind of um reached a point by nescax uh which is where we want to peak at yeah um we've found that a lot of players have been have been fairly burnt out Mm. um because of the month of you know january is really packed so the combination and the 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 extreme combination of being physically exhausted and mentally exhausted while having to perform that is has become a bit of a problem Mm. for the majority of the players so having no real pressure or you know not focusing on the next six seven eight nine weeks and just focusing on the process will hopefully um, help us to have a successful end which is the most important part of the season yeah all right right Herget, thanks so much my pleasure yeah the men's basketball team fell in their season opener at Clark on Saturday, but will get a chance to bounce back this Wednesday when they host Bowdoin at 7 p.m. in a non-conference game. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll put a bow on fall sports with the conclusion of the football and cross-country seasons. Plus, give you a full recap of the first full weekend of winter sports. Find the complete schedule at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.